Kia ora and welcome to this episode of The Amateur Austinite. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand. My special guest today is my friend Emma. Hello! And we are going to be discussing Letter 23 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. Mrs Vernon to Lady de Courcy, Churchill. Let me congratulate you, my dearest mother. The affair which has given us so much anxiety is drawing to a happy conclusion. Our prospect is most delightful, and since matters have now taken so favourable a turn, I am quite sorry that I ever imparted my apprehensions to you, for the pleasure of learning that the danger is over is perhaps dearly purchased by all that you have previously suffered. I am so much agitated by delight that I can scarcely hold a pen, but am determined to send you a few short lines by James, that you may have some explanation of what must so greatly astonish you, that Reginald should be returning to Parklands. I was sitting about half an hour ago with Sir James in the breakfast parlour when my brother called me out of the room. I instantly saw that something was the matter. His complexion was raised, and he spoke with great emotion. You know his eager manner, my dear mother, when his mind is interested. Catherine, said he, I am going home today. I am sorry to leave you, but I must go. It is a great while since I have seen my father and mother. I am going to send James forward with my hunters immediately. If you have any letter, therefore, he can take it. I shall not be at home myself until Wednesday or Thursday, as I shall go through London, where I have business. But before I leave you, he continued, speaking in a lower tone and with still greater energy, I must warn you of one thing. Do not let Frederica Vernon be made unhappy by that Martin. He wants to marry her. Her mother promotes the match, but she cannot endure the idea of it. Be assured that I speak from the fullest conviction of the truth of what I say. I know that Frederica is made wretched by Sir James continuing here. She is a sweet girl and deserves a better fate. Send him away immediately. He is only a fool, but what her mother can mean, heaven only knows. Goodbye, he added, shaking my hand with earnestness. I do not know when you will see me again, but remember what I tell you of Frederica. You must make it your business to see justice done her. She is an amiable girl and has a very superior mind to what we have ever given her credit for. He left me then and ran upstairs. I would not try to stop him, for I know what his feelings must be. The nature of mine, as I listened to him, I need not attempt to describe. For a minute or two, I remained in the same spot, overpowered by wonder of a most agreeable sort indeed, yet it required some consideration to be tranquilly happy. And about ten minutes after my return to the parlour, Lady Susan entered the room. I concluded, of course, that she and Reginald had been quarrelling, and looked with anxious curiosity for a confirmation of my belief in her face. Mistress of deceit, however, she appeared perfectly unconcerned, and after chatting on indifferent subjects for a short time, said to me, I find from Wilson that we are going to lose Mr. de Courcy. Is it true that he leaves Churchill this morning? I replied that it was. He told us nothing of all this last night, said she, laughing, or even this morning at breakfast. But perhaps he did not know it himself. Young men are often hasty in their resolutions, and not more sudden in forming them than unsteady in keeping them. I should not be surprised if he were to change his mind at last and not go. She soon afterwards left the room. I trust, however, my dear mother, that we have no reason to fear an alteration of his present plan. Things have gone too far. They must have quarrelled, and about Frederica too. Her calmness astonishes me. What delight will be yours in seeing him again, and seeing him still worthy your esteem, still capable of forming your happiness. 
When next I write, I shall be able to tell you that Sir James is gone, Lady Susan vanquished, and Frederica at peace. We have much to do, but it shall be done. I am all impatience to hear how this astonishing change was effected. I finish, as I began, with the warmest congratulations. Yours ever, etc. Catherine Vernon. Things are looking up. She's triumphing. Reggie is no longer under Lady Susan's spell and is returning home. Lady Susan has been vanquished. I particularly like that word. Mmm. It's a battle. She's so excited, though. So much agitated by delight that I can scarcely hold a pen. (laughs) Requires some consideration to be tranquilly happy. Which shows how worried she really was about her brother. Well, she does really love her brother. To do her justice. Something that struck me as funny in this letter, she's referring to Sir James. He's still there. They very want him to go. Reginald tells her to send him away. And she intends to have that done. The servant of Reginald's that is going with his hunters, his hunters are his horses. So he's sending his servant ahead with his horses, at least the ones he's not riding, to Parklands. And that servant's name, also James. I wonder if Jane Austen is making a joke about that there's James the servant and there's Sir James. She might not be. It might just be that everybody has the same name, as we've discovered in this novel before. I think quite often people call their servants by the same name, regardless of whether that was their actual name. Have you heard the phrase, home James and don't spare the horses? Yes. So your coachman could be called James, Mm -hmm. whether his name was James or not. I remember in another book, I don't think it's in Austen though, perhaps it's in Agatha Christie, that they started calling their cook, Cook, after they had several different iterations and they couldn't remember the name, so they just went with Cook. Yeah. Well, it is so hard to keep staff. In Agatha Christie's era, yes, because they were moving away from having domestic service. Well, presumably you could earn more money and frankly... A half day off a fortnight doesn't seem like very good terms. Although I guess your bed and board was paid for. But they were moving away from the way that things had always been, as they say, in England, where you had generations in service. You would serve Mm. the same household and lots of your family would be there and generations would look after the same family. And it would be families working with families. Or could be. I was reading a thing that was talking about when surnames came into England and that was because of the Black Plague. Because usually you lived in one village your entire life and so everybody knew you. If there were two Jameses, you might be Tall James, you might be Ian's son James. But after the Black Plague, there weren't enough people to work the land. So other landowners would go to somebody else's town and be like, I'll pay you double if you come and move to my village and work for me. So therefore they needed to have surnames to differentiate between people who had the same names because mm, they didn't know. Which might lend itself to some geographical surnames. Yeah. John from Worthing and John from Breed and Handsome John. Reggie's really turned his ideas of Frederica on her head. She's a sweet girl and deserves a better fate. She has a very superior mind. 
what's made this change? Yeah, is it because she loves him and he's like, oh, she's being so nice to me, therefore it makes her great? Yeah. So what proof does he have of Frederica's very superior mind? It's that Frederica admires him. He's very changeable as Reggie. One conversation and boom, he's changed his mind about someone. Lady Susan is saying he's going to do that. Young men are often hasty in keeping their resolutions and not more sudden in forming than unsteady in keeping them. And yeah, he's proved that. One talk with a girl and he's changed his entire opinion of her. And she's not even trying anything. Imagine how much more success Lady Susan could have when she actually has an agenda. He likes to think he knows everything and he's a man of the world. I think this is a bit of a rude awakening for him. One thing I noticed that you enjoyed, I really enjoyed as well. Mrs. Vernon refers to Lady Susan as a mistress of deceit. It sounds like she's on the stage. Or she could be a spy. But I feel like... She could be a magician, don't you think? A bit of sleight of hand, some fortune-telling, or yes, it does make her sound like she's a show to be watched and marvelled at her smoke and mirrors. It's not a bad description of Lady Susan. Mm. Things are trotting along as you would expect them to and watch the space. How long will it last? And that is our discussion of letter 23 of Lady Susan by Jane Austen. I'm Frances Duncan. All the links to my socials are in the notes. Thank you for listening and we wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me. But if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of... The Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa, New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice, heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble, and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!